Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast. It is Citrus Bowl week. I am Nick Roush down here in Orlando, Florida, before the Cats take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Joined today by Drew Franklin, Freddie Maggard, and Charles Walker back in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, where you will find the best dentist in the history of dentists, our proud sponsor of the KSR Football Podcast. Justice Dental. They've got two locations in Lexington, one on Wellington, one on Blazer, that you can schedule an appointment at your earliest convenience. Just call them 859-543-0700 or visit them online at justicedental.com. A one-stop dental shop. You got any problems with your teeth, they will fix it. They you don't have to run around all over town and get a crown or a root canal or whatever it may be. They will take care of you at Justice Dental, and we are going to take care of you today on the KSR Football Podcast, previewing everything for this upcoming matchup against the Iowa Hawkeyes. I made it here safe and sound. It was an eventful trip, a a chaotic one at times, Um, uh, but I'm here. I'm happy to be here. Sorry, you're not going to be able to make it, Drew. I know uh, the radio crew had some some COVID complications, but uh, everybody's okay, though, right? Like, we're we're all good to go, just can't be going to, to Florida. Uh, yeah, I think for the most part, we're all good. Uh, I'm negative, so I'm still living freely, but Orlando just wasn't in the cards. Uh, pretty bummed about it. I was very excited to get down there and terrorize the local uh, Orlando community with you on New Year's Eve and then uh, watch Kentucky win a big game. But unfortunately, I will be watching from home, but still excited for it to go down. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the, it's one of those things that the holiday break kind of lets you press pause, and now it's time to – to get up, to get excited for this game. I was at practice today at one of the local high schools. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. Freddie, I, I know that you you like your football weather, you're a football guy, but it's pretty nice being out here underneath blue skies and, and 80 degree weather. Yeah, I think it's about 70 here. So uh, weather's been crazy everywhere. But yeah, um, you know, I, I can tell you, uh, I, was, I was on that last trip to the Citrus Bowl. And one of the reasons Kentucky won was that week of practice was the best week of practice that that team had all year. And it was energetic and it was led by the leaders, Josh Allen, Benny Snell. I mean, it was the big dogs were out uh, in full force that week. And I think that's what Kentucky's got to do is have a good week of practice and then leading up to the ball game. But yeah, Charles, as you know, the week, the week of bowl practice is very important for the team. You know, absolutely, Freddie. And, and to what you said and what most people say and the common saying is bowl games come down to who wants to be there 
Um, I think yeah. Stoops and his staff have done a good job of, of, I guess, you know, heavy loading the practices leading up to bull week. And then when you finally arrive, you know, you're after Christmas, everyone spent time with their families. Now it's just time to, you know, re re-enlist in the jobs you have to do, maybe have one physical practice, but for the most part, make sure the legs are ready to go. The mental's there. And again, an, another chance to showcase your abilities and for maybe some guys we haven't seen make plays, get in the game and make some plays. Before we, we do dive into this game, I wanted to ask you some about that 2018 game, Freddie, because I remember seeing you on the field afterwards, just overjoyed. That was such a fun moment to, to relish in that victory. When, when you think back to that game, what, what is, is there anything in particular that re- really stands out uh, from all those good memories above the rest? You know, I have to go back to practice. I mean, it, it was that good of practice. And from, you know, from my, from my lens, from my view, I could tell, I could tell we were going to win the football game. And I could tell that that team was ready to go. And, uh, but yeah, it was that week leading up that, you know, that, you know, Josh and all those guys, I mean, they, they played pissed off. I mean, they really did. <laughs> there was no love loss between Penn State and Kentucky. And that show during practice, and it carried over to the game. So yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was great to to see the kids smile and have fun, and and to have a moment like that. My most cherished memory of that Citrus Bowl was the smiles on the, on the players' faces after the game, and seeing them uh, have a reward for a great season and a great week of practice up until that point. It really is one of those things too at the bowl game where. Uh... You know it's going to be your last ride with these guys. So there's uh, a little bit of not sadness, but everybody's there enjoying the, those those moments because they are fleeting, and you know it's kind of you know it's going to be your last ride. And uh, John Summerall, he's down there this week, and I, I know it's yeah. extra sentimental for him. Um, you know, we just asked him about you know what it's going to be like and, and he, he wanted to coach one more game because he wanted to coach DeAndre Square one more game uh, those guys in that room mean a lot to him he recruited a lot of those guys he's been with them for the last three years and uh, you can you can really feel the heart there I know we're going to see videos of them on the music part rides and having a good time but all of that is is tied in with the practice and, and getting to to beat up on one more team uh, one more time. So it's, it's a, it, there is some weird kind of emotions baked into this. Uh, but I think that's what makes the game that much more fun and, and that much more special, that much more exciting this Saturday against Iowa. Nick, if you allow me one more thing on that, Kentucky, Mark Stoops has established a culture at Kentucky and we're seeing that, we're seeing that recruiting, we're seeing that player development, we're seeing it throughout all avenues of the football program. But I think, that the fact that Josh Allen opted in to play in that in that game had the week of practice that he had leading up to that Citrus Bowl, then had the game same with Benny. I think that is a statement that has, st- has stuck with this team from 2018. And now you fast forward it to this year, Darren Kennard is in that same boat. A, a consensus All-American opted in to play in, in, in the Citrus Bowl and that will carry on all the way through Jagger Burton's class, right? So that's how you establish culture is, pl- or pl- is players like Josh and what he did, 
Darren Kennard and how he handles this week. That will set the tone for Der- uh, for Jagger Burton and, and folks in that class going forward. And, and while we're at it right now, uh, we'll get into the X's and O's and whatnot of the game. But I, I do want to take this moment because, uh, you know, I, I had a long ride down, uh, expected to fly initially. A bunch of flights got canceled, so I was in a car for 14 and a half hours, and I was really reflecting on kind of what, what just what's transpired with this football program under Mark Stoops over the last nine seasons. And when, when you think about all that's happened, there's there's a lot of emotional stories tied in there. It's not just wins and losses. It's guys like Kenneth Horsey coming back from open heart surgery, J.J. Weaver, who's yeah. – you know, his father passed away. He tore his ACL. His head coach from high school passed away. Josh Pascal, a guy who beat cancer, came back and was a three-time team captain. There's a lot of people that have overcome a lot and have done a lot for this program. And, and Freddie, I, I want to take the time to recognize you. You have played a significant part in this, and I know that you might get a lot of guff from people who say you got blue tinted glasses, but you, you spent <laughs> a year of your life dedicating yourself to this program, to creating the player development program. And now uh, Courtney Love is in that role. And today he was hanging out with two of his former teammates or three technically because yeah. CJ was there, the Jeff Bidette, Juice Johnson. Uh, right now, the Kentucky football program, the culture, yeah. everybody's all in from the top down, alumnus, uh, incoming yeah. recruits, the head coaches, the assistants, everybody's all in. And I, I, I just wanted to to shout you out because you are yeah. one of the many pieces to this puzzle. And I and I appreciate what you've done uh, for this football program. Well, well, thank you, Nick. That means a lot to me, man. It's just you know, it's it's love. I love the program. I love those players. And you and Adam, we did a podcast last week after signing the date, and Adam talked about program alignment. Uh, just to speak a little bit of that, what Courtney's done, what Susan Lax has done, is tremendous and, and former player. The, uh, they're hosting a, a, a New Year's Eve party for former players at the bowl site. Uh, there, there's been numbers in, sent out on how former players can go to practice. All that adds up, and now we're seeing uh, – uh, legacy players signing with Kentucky three in this mm-hmm. class and more to yeah. come. It's just, pro, it's just an all around when Mark Stoops says it takes all of us. It really does. I mean, that, that's just not a coach speak. It really does take all of us. And, uh, you know, I'm just honored to be a small, play a small, small role in, in what I mean, if, if any, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's program alignment, man. They got it going on. Well, uh, hey, and, and Drew, I just want to say that I'm proud of you too. All right, since, since we don't get any, we don't get any help. I just, I just wanted to say thank you, Drew. If if we're ranking the contributions to the program, I am somewhere at the very bottom. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm right there next to you. Hey, Charles, you took a touchdown in the house, okay, on a punt return. Yeah, that's nobody. Right. Freddie called it. Freddie called it. <laughs> It was a nice catching up with some of your, your former guys. Ju- Juice's 28 to 7 is his prediction uh, for the game. Make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, we will get to our predictions later. Um, he's very happy to wear Kentucky blue around all of these Florida guys down here. Uh, but there is a lot of Iowa flavor in Orlando right now. 
Iowa State is playing Clemson in the Cheez-It Bowl tomorrow, uh, which is Wednesday, right. depending on what day you're listening to. It, that, that, that game's had a bunch of different uh, names, but the Cheez-It Bowl used to be in Arizona. Now it's here. It's so funny seeing people like Clemson fans walk around with boxes of Cheez-Its. I mean, it, <laughs> they're giving out Cheez-Its left and right. Uh, but in addition to Iowa State playing, you've got Iowa coming down here. Uh, those folks, they're going to they're gonna be ready for some warm weather. And Drew, this team is, uh, isn't, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily a warm weather team. I, when I think of Iowa, I think of like playing in the snow with a bunch of hogs up front in the trenches, uh, this team, not exactly built like most teams you would see playing in this warm weather, this time of the year. I expect they might be thrown off a little bit, you know, uh, Kentucky, they got a few Florida boys there and I uh, saw Wandell and the guys talking for practice yesterday. Seem Kentucky's pretty locked in. Uh, speaking of that, uh, things coming out of practice, the video you sent me of Marquand McCall dancing is now my live hype video that I'll be watching every day. Everyone go check that out. Who is that? Uh, I think his name's Chris Burton at ABC. Maybe yes. perhaps I believe that's it. Check it out. I retweeted it, but yeah, I, you know, I don't know Iowa's roster and their mindset going into this game. They could be just as fired up as Kentucky and ready for this, but I just like what I'm seeing out of what I know on Kentucky's side and, uh, UK seems to be very locked in and, and having fun going into it. So I, I really like the confidence and how they're dialed in for this game. Bully is, uh, he's a dancing guy. He likes to have fun, uh, but he does not like roller coasters. You can, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch that clip. I haven't dug into that one you, yet. But you, I, you, that's some, you that's cannot some get journalism on a roller coaster. There <laughs> you go. The, the, the irony again, the guy named Bully can't get on a roller coaster. I mean, you roller coaster guy, Chuck? I love them. I love them. It's love a, them, love them. It's like an old man thing for me. I, I used to get on them all the time, but Freddie, when we get old, uh, that inner ear gets thick and doing spins yeah. and flips, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and the uh, the seats don't exactly fit me anymore. So, uh, not a fan. Not a fan. Speaking of spins and but, flips, uh, Freddie, your Army's airport's looking pretty good right now on my TV. Is that is that uh, what we call them? The Army Air Corps, yes. Uh, <laughs> could could both of those teams lose, please? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Now, I, I, what about Louisville's black on black helmet? Like, who decides what they wear and why well, and how and just Charles, that? You bring you bring up a great point. There was a bowl game. It was the Potato Bowl, if, I, if my memory is correct. Uh, you talking about being violent against colorblind people? Who was it? <laughs> Wyoming That's on that green field or whatever. Kent, it was, well, the field was blue. Yeah. Wyoming played Kent Kent State, and it both it was yeah. just my head exploded. When I I couldn't watch it. it made me parse it. They, they I had, turned it off. It was all yellow versus yellow and brown on a blue field. It was uh, yeah. it, it was, was a lot. It was, was hard lot. to watch. It was hard to watch. <laughs> Um, but I, what was fun to watch though, it was fun to watch Eli Drinkwitz get his teeth kicked in, but yeah, I, I know, I know you enjoyed the end of that game. It hasn't, uh, it hasn't meant more for the sec in bowl season so far. Owen, Owen three, as of recording this podcast, uh, Auburn lost at, you know, I know people like to to joke about cheering for the SEC. Drew, I will not be cheering for SEC teams. I want them all to lose. 
every single bowl game. I, I want K- Kentucky to be to carry to put the SEC on its back this bowl season. I don't know. I think in the playoff, I might side with with the conference. But yes, otherwise, all the teams that are on a similar tier as Kentucky, I want all of them to lose by fifty. The 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 gap used to be huge between the Kentuckys and the Tennessees and heck South Carolina for a while. Missouri came in and got to the championship game when they first got here. For the last couple of years, Kentucky's taken a lead, and every time these teams can get whooped on TV in a bowl game, that just helps Kentucky even more. So I love seeing Missouri lose. I want all of them to lose. But I do think I'll be for Bama and Georgia in those games. I agree with you, Drew. I'm not a SEC chest thumper either in bowl season at all. Matter of fact, it's quite uh, quite the opposite. I love seeing Missouri lose, obviously, the Army. I like seeing Florida lose. I enjoyed seeing Auburn lose for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but I, I'm not – because bowl – this is the first first year it's going to be – bowls are just going to be what they are. I saw – uh, Oregon had what fifty something players after opt outs and transfers and all that, and you got coaches moving out all over the place. It's just—I mean—it's not a depiction of who these teams are. If we like them or if we don't like them, it's just—you know—the money's there. It's going to continue, but it's—it's it's taking on a new life. Bowls in two thousand twenty-one going forward. It's still a lot of fun to watch, though. Even though you—you're like you're kind of rolling the dice as to who is and who is not going to play uh, because a lot of stuff doesn't get announced until right before kickoff. Uh, that was the case with Missouri and Tyler Beatty. Uh, that also might be the case with Josh Pascal, who uh, was injured in the Governor's Cup against Louisville, got a little dinged up. He, he actually was not at practice today. Uh, I heard he, that he'll be here later on in the week. But that Kentucky's keeping things quiet, but I would say that's not a good indication that Pascal will play against Iowa, which um, there's there's no way around it. That would be a significant loss for the defense. He has 15 and a half tackles for loss, the second most in the SEC this season, only behind the guy who broke the tackles for loss record in college football. So he's had an outstanding season, an outstanding career, and uh, it, it looks like the 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 sacrifice that he's made is starting to add up on his body, and, and the coaches might be saying, Hey, let's let's take it easy, Josh. You've done enough. Let's we got this from here. And if he's unable to go, that's not a any kind of a me 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 issue. As you just addressed all the things he'd been through. Hopefully, if it gets to that point, UK fans can pat him on the back and understand in that situation. Yeah, there. you know, I, I, I have no idea what what the situation is, but it reminds me of the scene from We Are Marshall when the next coach said, "You've done enough." Uh, with the player with a sh- injured shoulder. I mean, Josh Pascal, you've done enough, man. I mean, everything you've done, everything you've meant to the community, everything you've meant to the football program, the university, I mean, yes. I mean, thank you. <laughs> if, if he can't go, God bless him and thank him because he sure sure as is, sure is the world has done enough. Yeah, I, I hope he goes because Kentucky needs him. But if he's on the sideline yeah. and Mickey Mouse ears eating one of those Mickey Mouse ice cream bars, then – Good for him. I'll applaud him. Yeah. What about those things? Those things are awesome. I'm surprised you haven't been at Disney yet. You've been there 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really mad I'm missing out. I'm going to be so jealous of your stories. There are more chilies and Bahama breezes in like, – I think that's the, the capital of Orlando is chilies and Bahama breezes. I, 
I, I I didn't know you could have more than one and need more, but I passed two just driving <laughs> from practice to the hotel, which is like 15 minutes away. It's funny you mentioned that. New Year's, New Year's Eve 2018, I believe me, Ryan, and Matt had a triple date uh, with our significant others at the Bahama Breeze <laughs> place. <laughs> and the night before that, I watched the Colts knock the Titans out of the playoffs at the Joe's Crab Shack there on that strip. So stay away from there. It's cursed. Today, I tried to, I was like, I, I need a good meal after doing some work in and before I get back into the blogging. And I was like, you know what? I'll get a Denny's breakfast. That'll be, you know, it's within walking distance. That's sure. You know, why not? Uh, Denny's had a wait. There were so many people there. So oh, I had wow. to, uh, I had to go next door and eat lunch at the Hooters where there was two other people in there. It was, uh, well, you had to had, had to take one for the team. I, I felt a little out of place. I also hadn't been to Hooters in a little while, and they somehow made that place more risque. I don't know, didn't know they could do it, but you know what? Anything is possible. Uh, I tell you what, that that Hooters in Orlando is going to be missing some business with Ryan Lemon and Shannon the Dude staying back in, <laughs> in Kentucky this week. That is that is home base for those guys on our trips. They also had uh, all-you-can-eat Taco Tuesday at the Senior Frogs. It's like, man, Ron Lemon, like, gosh, he, he's missing out on all of his favorite restaurants. Yeah, that's how bad off we are. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of Olive Gardens down there, too. Man, they got it all. And what's funny, too, is that, you know, it, it, it is a very international tourist destination. Like, a lot of folks come from all over the world to go to Disney. And it's so funny to see – like them appreciate things we just kind of think is second nature like the little scooters you know there was there was two or three I, I don't know where the people were from but they got on the scooters and they were just having a blast riding around the parking lot it's like man like this is this is america you know like god god love us god love us um there, there was aside from not seeing pasco at practice though there was one other development that i thought was significant and that's uh the players who were there and everybody who is in the portal is, is at practice for the most part. Uh, I did not see Isaiah Epps who submitted his name today, him or Josh Ellie. Those were the two players who got in the auto accident um, during the holiday break. So it, it's unfortunate that uh, they'll be unavailable for this game, especially Ali. We can talk about that uh, in a moment, but um Epps is entering the portal, unable to play. Every all the other portal guys, though, are are at practice. And I think that's a we talked last year about you know doing COVID the right way. And that's kind of how you it's how you win, you know, down the down the road. If you handle your business, then you'll be able to handle your business on Saturday. Same thing goes with the portal. Kentucky's handled the portal well, and it's not just the incoming and recruiting guys, it's the outgoing. And by saying, hey guys. Put your name in the portal early. Like, that's fine with us. Go try to find a second home. We just need you for one more game. So it's kind of a win-win where Kentucky gets they, – they still have depth, uh, but they're allowing guys to try to find a new college football home before the spring semester begins and, and they don't get stuck behind the eight ball. That's that, kind of that really – Go ahead, Freddie. That really applies to the linebacker position because – uh, Kentucky could have gotten really thin there, uh, especially with with uh, Casey, uh, Bambry, and some others that are in the portal. That, that could have McDaniel, yeah, that that could have gotten <clears throat> a little dicey there. So it's good 
And I don't know. I mean, I saw the Florida quarterback. You know, we've all seen the graphic. We'll transfer after the end of the game or whatever. Uh, but I've not. I don't know if I've seen that players that are in the portal that that are stuck around to play in a ball game, and that just goes to the program alignment that you and Lucky were talking about. True. Yeah, and really just overall adding to that, I think that's why Vince and uh, Mark Stoops are thriving because they've kind of become like a player's first program. I know Coach Cal gets all the credit for that, and that's the name of his book, and he did it first. But UK football has kind of quietly turned into that through the portal. And even like they've talked about when a guy doesn't pick them and he goes to another school and they just, you know, say good luck and stay in touch and wish them well. They, they really put the players first and their needs first, and it's paying off in recruiting and keeping everybody happy and really pushing the program forward, and that's in the portal and everything else. As I mentioned, though, the two guys that will be out, Ali and Epps, those are uh, guys who have been around for quite a while. Ali had a, an exceptional senior season as the number two option to Wandale. Uh, that's another significant absence, Chuck, and it's it's going to be hard. Uh, Wandale can do a lot, but he can't do everything. Yeah, you know, I'm curious, Freddie, who you think will step up from wide receiver standpoint. Um, you know, to me, the first thing that comes to mind is, all right, tight ends, you've kind of been there all year. Are we going to lean on you more here? Um, you know, we've seen some young guys get in. Are these guys going to be making plays? Uh, Liam Cohen, are you going to try to rely on the run? We know that Iowa has a great run defense. Um, obviously, you want to spread the field. So I'm curious, you know, again, who might step up and have a 100-yard receiving game that we haven't seen yet? I think you make a great point, Charles, as far as I think Liam Cohen will, will go with multiple tight ends more so than trying to identify a receiver to be in that true number two role. I think Chauncey Mag Magwood will get some run. Uh, mm -hmm. and some others, and, and uh, Harris, obviously. Yeah. He, he's uh, but, played but well here, down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I think those two can can fill in for Ali. I don't think Kentucky's going to miss Epps at all, so that that's a non-factor. Uh, but it's kind of tricky, Charles. Uh, Iowa has 24, leads the nation with 24 interceptions on the season. So I think, I think you the smart play here, is to lean on what you've had success with, and that's with multiple tight ends instead of trying to throw in new receivers against the defense that has the most interceptions in the country. So I think yeah. it's going to be conservative. I think you're going to see multiple tight ends with some with some ball control possession type passes to Harris and Magwood. Let Wandell be himself and, and establish the run game. And on top of that, uh, just one other player I noticed at practice, Keaton Upshaw was back. He was yeah. wearing, you know, a red no-contact jersey. He And, you know, he was mostly just running routes on air, wasn't doing any physical contact. But that's a, that's a guy next year that people might be sleeping on because he, he did miss the entire season. But he's a big body that can really thrive in this offense. So uh, just, uh, just another guy to, to pencil in. Uh, when making your preseason prognostications next year. Yeah, and I think we need to look at this Kentucky offense completely different after the November that it had averaged, what, 40 points a game and over 500 yards. And it's not a coincidence that Will Levis played his best football in the last month of the season. Uh, and, and it's just growing, and it's going to continue to grow. So I don't think I, – I losing Ali will hurt somewhat. 
Uh, but I think Kentucky can more than make up with that with formations, personnel groupings, motions, get one day on isolation and, and rely on those tight ends. And I think I think Kentucky will be just fine offensively. And I think we need to take a quick break and return right after this. This Iowa matchup is going to be an emotional one for a variety of reasons, particularly for Mark Stoops. He grew up cheering for the Hawkeyes when his brothers played there. He went and played there. There was a Stoops playing for Iowa for the better part of 15 years, and now he's going to get to play his former team. He mentioned it a little bit when the matchup came up, but uh, he's not letting the emotions get the best of him this week. But I do think it will certainly play a factor on Saturday at Camping World Stadium. Uh, He's a player's first coach. Charles, this is a, a chance for the players to really go out and get a win for their head coach. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. And again, uh, we talk about him being a player's first coach. He's a program first coach, um, you know, with all these recent changes in coaching and the, and the carousel, you know, Stoops has stayed obviously at Kentucky. Um, you know, he's willing to build this program, wants to build this program. The players have seen that. And if you're a football player playing for that man, how do you not go out and give him your best game the ending of your season against his alma mater. Set trophy up for him with another team. Or we don't. (laughs) Can you hear me? (laughs) No, yeah. No one said anything. No, no, no. It it is. um, It's, uh, it's. The 10 win season, I I don't think we're going to sit here and play the game of who wants it more. Uh, because I think unlike a lot of these games, there's there's going to be uh, a lot on the line for each team. But, I mean, Drew, Iowa thought they could go to the Rose Bowl before the season ended. And now they don't have their starting running back. He's an opt-out. Uh, in Kentucky, a 10-win season, it would only be, what, the second in 40-some-odd years? When a, 10 wins is a is, – is not something to scoff at or around Lexington. Yeah, bowl season, especially when we're trying to pick, you know, who we think is going to win a game, especially uh, me and you who like to dabble in the gambling. But you look at the the motivation scoreboards for each team. And in this game, I think Kentucky wins. That doesn't mean – I think Iowa's not excited to be there, but they were just in the Big Ten Championship to get Michigan, against Michigan a few weeks ago. They, at one point, were number two in the country and were on the playoff graphic. So they are down a notch from where they expected to be and missing some of their key players who, who made that decision to go on. Whereas Kentucky, you know, this is, I mean, I know we we're just there a few years ago, but other than that, this is, this is it. I mean, the Citrus Bowl in some ways is, was the ceiling for Kentucky this season. So they're very excited to be there and have everybody dialed in. And I think they at least uh, win in that column for the team that's more motivated and excited to be there. Man, and it's, it's going to be an exciting atmosphere at Camping World Stadium. It's a great stadium. Um, it's a cool setup right there. They got like a big lake next to it. And uh, I, I just know that, that when that game day comes rolling around, there's going to be a lot of energy. Uh, the, the matchup that I'm very excited to watch that you don't, you don't necessarily say entering a game is the nose guard versus the center. But this is uh, – this is a proving ground for Marco McCall. Tower Winderbaum is a projected top 15 pick. You don't say that very often about uh, a center, but this guy is a consensus All-American. 
And Bully now gets the chance to to put some heavy work on tape. And uh, we've seen him rise the occasion in the past. And, and Freddie, I think he's going to do the same against Linderbaum. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking about Tyler Linderbaum all season uh, and got laughed at on the pregame show a few times. Thank you, everybody. But anyway, uh, that is the matchup. Bully McCall against Tyler Linderbaum. That, that's what, you know, I know you and Lucky have credentials for to be there. That's who I would dial in on because Bully can make a lot of money on Saturday uh, against Linderbaum. I think it's a testament that, that Linderbaum came back for uh, a senior year or is this year, could have went last year, didn't. Gave $30,000 to the Children's Hospital and then opted into a bowl game. That just speaks to him. But I think that matchup is going to say a lot. I think when I think there's a lot of misconceptions about this Iowa football team. You, you imagine Big Ten, they're going to run the football. They're going to pound it at Kentucky when, in all actuality, Iowa only rushes for 120 yards a game. That's not very, that's not very many yards per game. And here's a couple numbers that I think is going to come into play that Iowa has given up 94 tackles for loss. That's 110th in the country. That's a lot. So I think J.J. Weaver's going to have a chance for a big game. Also, Iowa's given up 32 quarterback sacks. That's 13th in the Big Ten. So defenses are forcing the issue across the line of scrimmage on this Iowa offense that's averaging less than 300 yards a game. So uh, I think X and O wise, the Linderbaum, Bully McCall matchup is going to be a lot of fun. And then what Kentucky can do against that Iowa defense that's pretty good. Uh, not, not, a, not, a great, not a great defense, but really good, really well coached, sound, fundamental, and has more interceptions and leads the world in turnovers. And Kentucky has turned the football over. So I think if Kentucky can hold on to the football, the Cats could win and, and win, uh, you know, I'm not say win big, but. Uh, but win by a couple scores here. Just just take care of the football. I watched, uh, as you mentioned, Drew, the dabbling in the world of gambling led me to watch Nebraska-Iowa on Black Friday. And that game right there is a microcosm of each team. Nebraska is a team that loves to blow late leads. Iowa is a team that loves to score on non-offensive touchdowns. And they're opportunistic. That's what happened. You had, a, I think, a late safety, a blocked punt for a touchdown. It was absolute chaos yeah. at the end of that game. And that's that's what happens. You can you have to play disciplined football against this Iowa team. You cannot give them – just give them gifts uh, because they will turn that into points. And you mentioned uh, watching Iowa games. Uh, this is actually breaking a rule I have where I do not watch Iowa games because they put me to sleep immediately. <laughs> what was it? Week two or week three of the season, Iowa, Iowa State was just boring as hell. And for some reason, I was tuned in, not knowing I would ever need to know what I was seeing again. But here we are. Uh, hopefully, Kentucky makes it a lot of fun. But uh, if it does get boring and sloppy the way Iowa likes it, I think that's where Kentucky's in trouble. But everything we've heard so far – Sounds like uh, the coaching staff is pushing, taking care of that football. Wandell said it several times yesterday. Um, every player we've basically heard from on the offense since the season ended, knowing the opponent, it's all been about protecting that football. Yeah, Goodson, the running back from Iowa, was out uh, 1,150 yards, our leading rusher. You know, with Goodson in the lineup, I was only averaging three yards a carry on the ground. So it, it really, you know, it's kind of, it's not what you expect from an Iowa team. But I'm throwing for 177, which isn't a lot. 
averaging six yards per attempt. So offensive production is kind of in that same total yards category that Kentucky was in last year, if that paints an accurate picture of what you can expect on Saturday. Man, they're showing highlights of uh, the Army Air Corps against Louisville. And gosh, love watching Louisville be bad at football. It's just so much fun. I can't get enough of it. Um, man, they stink so bad. And I, I think we could be saying the same about Iowa's offense on Saturday. Spencer Petrus had a – I mean, he got benched <laughs> in, in the Big Ten Championship. He, he's not an efficient quarterback. But defensively, we, we talked about the turnovers. They got a really sound cornerback there. Uh, but – I don't know how often they face guys like Wondell Robinson, except when they faced him last year when they were playing him at running back at Nebraska. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different this time around. But another aspect of this game that we haven't talked about, Charles, is that this game means a lot to Will Levis because Iowa was the first Power 5 school to offer him a scholarship. Uh, they're also the first team he got a start against. So not only do you have uh, Mark Stoops with something to play for, but Will Levis and Wondell Robinson, they – they really want to get this win too. You know, I, absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, somewhere in the back of, of Will's mind and, you know, kind of in the back of mine is, hey, how about you have a really good game with Wandell? Maybe Wandell decides he might want to come back and build something special with you next year. Um, either way, I, I think you're right to th- and to, to say that and, you know, for Will to finish this note on a – or finish this season on a strong note, he's announced he's coming back already. But we've seen, as Freddie said, his best ball yet, and I look forward to watching him again show a, a showcase of his abilities. Another long pass play by the Army Air Corps. My goodness, this is hilarious. Their triple option team throwing passes. It's so funny. That's how bad Will Drew, was. <laughs> Drew, you, 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 uh, you, you tend to like to wager on games. What were what were the odds that Air Force would have over 200 yards passing in two quarters against Louisville? I can tell you their team total in points for the game was 27 and a half, and they covered that in the first half. Oh, so that is that is not a good sign for Louisville's defense. No, yeah, it's not a good. And we sign. like to make fun of them, but I, I'm just trying to think about how to, to paint a picture of what Kentucky's going to face. If you think about that Louisville defense. Go 180 degrees complete opposite, that's Iowa. It's going to be Louisville. How many times were they misaligned, not prepared, didn't know that Will Levis could run the football, mm-hmm. missed tackles, undisciplined? You, you go 180 to Iowa. Iowa's going to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. That's why the turnover margin is so high. Iowa's not going to beat itself, it's not going to misalign like Louisville did and give. We'll have us an open lane for a touchdown. Right. Kentucky's going to have to beat Iowa. It's a little bit different. And I will say this a player that I really like for Iowa is tight end Sam Laporte, Laporta. Is that how you say his name? Sure. Uh, I, I think uh, I think he's a very 46 catches, almost 600 yards. Uh, uh, but Iowa's wide out for freshmen and, and not, not, not as dynamic as Kentucky's seen. So I, don't, I think the concern at corner is okay. Uh, but the interior, the safeties, uh, the nickel players, and, and, and those type of defenders, linebackers, are going to have to play a good game uh, because Iowa can throw the football to the tight ends over the middle of the field. One thing Charles mentioned that I keep hearing more of, 
I never expected entering the season that we would be discussing a potential return for Wondell Robinson, but uh, he's going to have to make a decision, and it's kind of up in the air from everything I've heard. So uh, that's obviously something we'll be monitoring after the bowl game, uh, but definitely just something we got to keep an eye on. Well, we got to keep an eye on moving forward. Now is the part where I ask, how many points does Kentucky need to win this game? We've talked about their defense. If 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 I was going to win, it's with defense and forcing turnovers. How many points does Kentucky have to score to get this win, Charles? What 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 do you foresee in your crystal ball? I said this earlier. I'm buying by it. I'm going 35-21. I know that seems high, but Liam Cohen, you've done it to good defenses in the past. Let's continue. Let's roll. I think Iowa will score. Their offense is not that great, but let's be honest. There's there's been some holes in our defense this this year. Um, with I just think that they're gonna. Iowa's gonna put up points, and we're gonna have to answer. So the offense has been hot. Will Levis, Wondell Robinson's hot. Let's keep it hot. The offense was hot in in November, Freddie. I, I don't have the numbers in front yeah. of me, but I wanted to say it was something like. 500 yards a game and 45 points and obviously those defenses aren't of the same caliber as what the Wildcats will face on Saturday but they still have a ton of momentum and I don't think you're going to just immediately see that come to a halt just because they took a month off I don't need it I don't need it I think your your question is how many points Kentucky's going to have to score to win the football game uh, I will go 24, I think, would win this football game. I was averaging right at 24 points a game. Uh, but, Drew, uh, I, I did some numbers crunching after I after had with the Tom Leach show and we talked about it. Kentucky allowed 17 points a game with Marquand McCall in the starting lineup, and that moved to 32 points with them out. So I think having him back healthy is going to play a big role. And I think I think uh, 24 points will be enough. I think Kentucky scores more than that, but that's how many points I think it'll take for Kentucky to win. Yeah, yeah Freddie took my number. I'm anything over Man. three touchdowns, 22, 23, 24. I just I think Kentucky's defense, even though it's pretty flawed, especially we saw against throwing quarterbacks like Will Rogers at Mississippi State and then what Tennessee did. But I don't think Iowa is capable of doing that. So I think the defense holds up against this team and keeps them under 21. So anything really in the 20s, and I'm liking Kentucky's chances, as long as they're also protecting the football. Uh, I'm, I'm 24 does seem to be the, the right number, but I also think that they're going to surpass that. Um, in a classic Stoops game, they would, you know, Mark would say, all right, well, they're going to try to possess the ball. Well, by God, we're going to outpossess them. But I think you have enough athletes to be able to make plays in space and make this team pay. So – uh, if Kentucky can continue to capitalize, especially in the red zone, uh, I want to say that they're fifth in the nation in red zone touchdown scoring percentage. Kentucky is converting. When they get a scoring opportunity, they are converting. And that's that's exactly what you have to do against this Iowa defense. Yeah, you have to score in the red zone. You can't turn the football over like you said earlier. Nick, you can't give Iowa a cheap score. Kentucky has to make Iowa beat Kentucky. Kentucky can't, you know, you can't, you can't force the issue on yourself with a turnover or, or a special team uh, mistake. Just, uh, just uh, ball security. I know we, 
it's going to be talked about a lot this week, but it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be the ball game. If Kentucky can, can hang on to the football, I think Kentucky's the better team than Iowa. Man. I mean, that's just the way I feel. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, a little preview of the festivities for this weekend. Uh, the things really get going Friday with New Year's Eve. Uh, unfortunately, KSR show at Tenroof got canceled, but there is a UK Alumni Association watch party uh, for the High Point game. So I- I'm sure there will still be plenty of folks at that Orlando Tenroof, but you can also go to the main event, which is a little bit further south on International Drive at the point. And that's right next to where the UK pep rally will be. So if you just want to, you know, camp out all day, you have the basketball game at noon. The pep rally is at 445, and it's a nice – I believe the first uh, playoff game kicks off right around four, so, you know, you might miss a quarter or two. Um, but the pep rally is Friday evening. Gives you plenty of time to to go to one of the local bars and restaurants and watch the, the end of the first game and the rest of the second game uh, before Saturday's game kicks off at one on ABC – um with the catwalk two and a half hours before we'll have all the details on where you can find the team on kentuckysportsradio.com but i want to i want to talk about these college football playoff games and i want to tell you about a great way to make some money and that's by going to mybookie.ag man you can this is a great new year's resolution double your money and get a head start with mybookie's deposit match Bonus. All you have to do is use the promo code KSR when you sign up, and you'll get your initial deposit doubled up to a thousand bucks. And if you're with with all that extra money, you're ready to get in on the biggest games of the week. And my bookie has exclusive odds boost on this year's Cotton Bowl between Alabama and Cincinnati. Uh, my bookie is making the over an even more attractive bet by lowering the team uh, the total on team points scored. Top 10 in points scored per game in the nation. So get to my bookie today and take advantage of the boosted odds this bowl season. There's bowl games happening all the time. We've got four today, uh, three tomorrow. I think there's 21 in total. So don't drop the ball. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using the promo code KSR. Head on over to my bookie, place your bets, and ring in the New Year's with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Drew, I, I got to ask you now, and I got to do, – do we have any locks? Do we have any locks? Western Michigan was an early one I got on. I got on them when they were underdogs before uh, Carson Strong opted out, so that was an easy win. Do you have any locks in this uncertain bowl season? Uh, well, one of them is currently up 14 that we've talked about a couple times. I loved Air Force. I, it sounds like a homer pick, but I actually love Kentucky minus three. I mean, we all just talked about how what we thought Kentucky's going to need to score to win and that we all think they're going to exceed it. I, I, I really like that number for the Cats. And then um, I'm sure everyone listening likes that number for the Cats and will be joining us on that too. <laughs> and then oddly, maybe I'll be wrong, but I, I think I, I think Bama is going to beat the ever-loving hell out of Cincinnati. Uh, and. I don't know what it is right now, but if it's still at 13 and a half, I like that. Uh, so those are the the three I had circled going into the season. One looking good currently. Uh, I like Kentucky here in a few days. And then good luck to the Bearcats against Alabama because it ain't happening. 
Charles, are you scared by any of the big numbers for the SEC teams in the playoff? You know, I'm, re- I'm really not. I'm looking forward to watching Bama, Cincy. I'm kind of with Drew. You know, I think uh, – I don't know. I, I was a – I was dumb enough to believe in Kirby Smart against Nick Saban the first time, and I'd be damned if I bet against Bama again. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching the Michigan-Georgia game. You know, I think the, the line's still around six, six and a half. Um, it, it put a gun to my head. I'm taking Georgia. I'm taking Bama. Um, I'm with Drew. I like the Air Force today. Um, and, again, I like the Cats. So, not <laughs> – Drew and I uh, have similar betting preferences, I guess. Um, but I, I just think in all these three games, Kentucky-Iowa – Michigan, Georgia, and Bama, Cincy are going to be three fun games to watch. You can get pretty decent odds if you money line the two SEC teams and get Kentucky against the spread. Just, you know, fun little parlay that I might have sprinkled in there. Um, But, Freddie, there's something about that Michigan-Georgia game where it feels like Michigan has all of the momentum in the world, and I know Georgia's getting George Pickens back, but – the mailman terrifies me. I, I I don't know if I can trust him to win a, a big game unless he's playing Give like me, he did against yeah. Kentucky. Give me the Wolverines all day. I, I, I just don't trust Georgia. I don't trust Winston Bennett. I just don't trust them. I really don't. Winston. Michigan. Michigan's <laughs> got all the momentum. And and I just I just take I, I think uh, I just like Michigan in that game. I just, wow. you know, again, I, I have a hard time trusting the quarterback there. You know, how many times we've we seen a championship won by not a great quarterback? I mean, it's, it's very right. rare these days. Right. And, you know, Freddie, you just, you bring up a good point. And one of my, um, call it betting rules is never bet on a quarterback you can't pronounce the name of. And you calling him Winston Bennett is exactly the reason. Oh, I'm making Stetson Bennett. <laughs> hey, Stetson in second place is Winston. They might be interchangeable. We don't really know. Either way. I, yeah. I think Winston Bennett could be a better quarterback, Freddie. I yeah, I right. just – I trust I, him I more under center. I think, you know, that's going to be something that Kirby Smart's going to have to answer for uh, for a while now. It says how the quarterback position has been handled at Georgia, and it could have cost them – a couple of championships, including this year. Man, how many? One more, many to, more? one more to keep an eye on. I, I don't really don't put this as my official pick because I don't really love this, but I think Tennessee Purdue is going to be a pretty fun game to watch. And I don't like yeah, Tennessee, I Nick. I know your Purdue connection, yeah. But that's that's one on the schedule. I, I will dabble on. I'll probably take Tennessee. Don't have a good feel for it, but I do think it'll be a fun game. I think it'd be a real fun game, Drew. That's one I'm looking forward to watch. I have no rooting interest whatsoever, uh, other than I like Jeff. So I, I, I guess I root for Purdue because I do like Jeff. And I'm going I, to I be really emotionally hedging in that game, um, just because. God, I can't stay in Tennessee, but if they make me money, then they make me money. Um, but there are. I, I kind of joked about I want all the SEC teams to lose. Uh, at the top of the podcast, but I, I really think like Ole Miss was only one and a half point favorites at one point. I don't know what they are now, but like, dude, Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin against Baylor. Uh, come on, Baylor. Uh, I really that like that. Still a point, still it's, one point there. What? I, I just, that is, I can't believe that number. And then Arkansas, 
they are pushing all their chips in on that Outback Bowl. So I, those are two other SEC games that that I really like this this final week of bowl season. Who's Arkansas guy? Uh, it's a Big Ten team. I Penn, State. Penn, Penn State. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. like James Franklin, yeah. come on. It feels like Penn State kind of limped to the finish line towards the season. And it's why they seven and five, something like that. They uh, so, probably eight and four. But, you know, it's one of those things yeah. where uh, I'm playing the who does it matter? Who does this game mean more to? And yeah. Arkansas, uh, I remember uh, Sam Pittman joking about the schedule and he's like and next and then next year we're going to open the season with the Dallas Cowboys you know like they played a gauntlet and they came yeah. out uh, I, I don't want to say unscathed but they, they're third in the west and this is yeah this is their opportunity to really put an exclamation point on the season uh, I think they're going to be hollering woo pig and chowing on blooming onions on New Year's Day yeah Penn State's win over Auburn doesn't really look that good today does it? <laughs> no no it does not Oh, gosh, Auburn. I love to see them in disarray. Almost as much as I love to see Kentucky beat down an opponent on New Year's Day. Uh, this will be the most watched non-New Year's Six bowl game. It is every year. It's going to be on ABC. Kicks off at 1 p.m. at Camping World Stadium. They're calling for 80-degree weather. Kenneth Horsey has already prepared his teammates. He's from nearby, nearby Sanford. Florida, he was telling guys, you know, you got to put water on cold water in your wrist, cold water in your neck. You got to stay hydrated. Uh, Kentucky, they've put all, pushed a lot of chips in on this game as well. I think this game means a ton. And I, I ultimately just think that folks have undervalued this offense all year long. And even though folks see Iowa's defense as uh, a juggernaut of sorts because they've been able to create so many points of opponents' mistakes. I really think yeah. Kentucky's cleaned up its act, and this is going to be a great springboard for what will be a much, much talked about offseason entering the, the 22 uh, Kentucky football season. Man, can't wait. I'm fired up. I just I just hope if you all see me down here, you come say hey. Um, we, we do not have any big live shows prepared because the – you know, you need some kind of logistics. But, uh, Drew, there may or may not be a party in the RV lot after the win. Um, so, you know, just keep your eyes peeled on Twitter. We might be uh, we might be tearing it up and pulling out a, a, a microphone to do some talking in the RV lot afterwards. So just just some food for thought. And I, I trust you'll, you'll come home not only with the win, uh, the Citrus Bowl trophy in hand, but lots of good stories from Orlando. And then you'll have twice the fun on my behalf as I sit here sad at the High Point game on Friday, wishing I was in Florida. Tell Tubby I said hi, though. He's I will. I'm actually excited for some Tubby now. I'm going to go to that game instead on Friday. But uh, fired up for Citrus Bowl, too. I really like Kentucky's chances. Man. Just get, a, get out your oranges. Do we, uh, Charles, what's your favorite, favorite citrus fruit? Oh God, I, I, I don't. What? Don't ask me that. Someone else go first. I mean, I need multiple choice here. Wait, Pineapple wait. is that a citrus? Yeah, sure, sure. It can be. Pineapple. I mean, I don't. Pineapple. I don't, I don't know where the lines are drawn. Uh, I'll go orange. <laughs> Charles, it depends if the pineapple is facing upwards or downwards. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna submit a vote for orange since I've had approximately fifty thousand old fashions this weekend. Oh, uh, what's, what's the little bitty ones? What are they called? The uh, 
The Clementines? Cuties. Cuties, Ooh. yeah. Cuties. Yeah, that's what I like. That's my boat. Yeah, uh, Duke, that's his fa- – like, we got to ration him on his – he just calls them oranges. Orange? <laughs> and we have to ration him because he just will eat them all day if we let him. He freaking loves those little clementines. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're easier way to – too much work. Well, way too much work and effort to grapefruit. I mean, you got to cut it, and then you never can't get a good scoop full of it. You mm. know, it's just – it's, it's real tart waste of time for me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a fan of grapefruit. I like how they taste. It's just too much work for me. What, what's funny too is the Citrus Bowl trophy has like a bunch of different ones. And I was talking to the lady last time around, and it takes them like 25 minutes to properly assemble all of the fruits to where there's an equal distribution, and they've got like little green garnishes. It's a whole thing, um, but it's not going to matter. Because Kentucky's just going to be grabbing oranges out of it after the game's over, gobbling them down. It's going to be a party at Camping World Stadium, and we can't wait to see you there. It's been a blast previewing the game, and it's going to be even more fun on New Year's Day. Ringing in the new year with a big blue win for Drew Franklin, Freddie Maggard, and Charles Walker. I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats. Go Krogering. Beat Iowa. And peep the technique. Sweat the technique.